many people may know this, and I think it's a topic that women need to touch on a little bit more and have a discussion about. We will go in depth um, about surrogacy because that's important to my guests today, and also what brought her to this um, change in her life to assist other women um, with surrogacy. And I think we're going to have some great topics here and some insight to help women and maybe others who are struggling with pregnancy understand where they're coming from. So, Jacinia, do you want to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself? Yes, thank you so much for having me today. My name You're is welcome. Jasenia. Sorry. My name is Jasenia and I am a former surrogate now. I actually gave birth around 7 months 7 months ago to my first surrogacy baby. I I suffered with pregnancy loss in the past, and that's kind of what led me to where I am today. I actually shared my journey on TikTok and Instagram, and I kind of grown a huge following from sharing. I never really expected to have this much impact on people, but I'm really excited to be here today. Awesome. Thank you so much. And I did look at a couple of your TikTok videos and I love the simplicity of them, but they're also beautiful videos. Um, I think they do a really great job of showing like the process and then also having some great background music to just really help you understand the process that it is very emotional and it's it's truly a unique journey whether you're trying to have a child or you have a rainbow baby or you're going into surrogacy i think there's so many different emotional components to all of this and one of my first questions for you is yeah. um can you give advice to someone who has considered this journey um with surrogacy yes um the best part of advice that I could give to somebody is doing a lot of research and just using Google, using Facebook. There, I think getting enough research is the most important part because people might jump into surrogacy and not realizing everything that it entails because I sure learn something new every single day and I already completed my journey. But I think doing research is super important and also having patience and empathy for these families that we're helping. That's a really good point that you have to have some a lot of sympathy and empathy for the people that are struggling. And that's such a great quality to have. And um, have you ever felt overwhelmed emotionally with the process, like feeling your own emotions and then pregnancy hormones and then, you know, your loss as well, like all those emotions um, entangled together? Yes, 100%. I definitely think that my loss played into a, some of my anxiety during the journey, just mm -hmm. because I was always nervous for their baby. I wanted everything to go perfectly for the family. So I feel like that definitely added some sort of anxiety to everything, just because I wanted the baby to be healthy. And I wanted them to have their perfect baby that, they, that they were dreaming of. No, that's... That's amazing. Um, I think that takes a lot of courage to do that, especially after experiencing loss and, and going on this journey with another couple. Um, so can you explain to somebody like, what is the process that you go through to become a surrogate? Um, are there health like things that you have to go to or labs or how, how does that process work? 
So the first part to becoming a surrogate is really checking the qualifications. Some people complain about the qualifications just because it is really in depth, but I think they are really important. There is a lot of medical screening that goes on and a lot of people might not know that even your partner is screened for you to become a surrogate as well. Oh my but gosh. we have to get a lot of ultrasounds, a lot of blood work, testing for all diseases, pap smears. There's a lot that goes into it that people really don't see. Yeah, that's very true. Um, I think the most I know about surrogacy, to be 100% honest, is what we see on TV or articles we see online, maybe a celebrity using us you know, a surrogate or, you know, following maybe somebody else's journey, but we really don't know anything about the surrogates themselves. Um, the only thing I can really relate to is how giving that must be to do that for somebody to give them this great gift of a child that maybe they've been struggling or can't, you know, carry to, on their own. I, I can't imagine, you know, the joy and everything that you're bringing to someone as well, even though there's a lot of probably, like you said, some red tape to go through. Um, so is there ever some misconceptions with surrogacy? You know, you have the greatness of giving a couple a gift of a child, but I think sometimes there are misconceptions out there about surrogacy as well. Can you touch on that at all? Yes, there are so many misconceptions and I talk about this a lot on my TikTok page. Um, one of the things has to do with the money is everybody assumes that we're doing it for the money and that's just 100% not true. Um, surrogates, we're truly doing it for the family. We're truly altruistic. And we really just want to see that baby in the parent's arms. I think it is important that we are compensated because a lot of our life is put on hold for this process. So it was around 18 months of my life I dedicated to becoming a surrogate. Um, the money thing is probably one of the worst comments that I get, unfortunately. Like, oh, you know mm -hmm. you did it for money. You know you did it for money. Or they think that these intended parents are rich. And that's 100% not true. So many families, they save for so long. They take out their 401ks. They're, they're actually normal people that use surrogacy and they're just dreaming of having a family. And majority of the families I would not consider as rich. So that's just two of the misconceptions that I can think of. But there are so many. I could talk to you about them all night. <laughs> no, I totally understand the money perspective of it. I think um, even you know, not knowing as much about surrogacy, I, I can see how people would have that misconception that who's ever doing this, they're obviously well off, they obviously right. have enough money to go out and do this. Um, but I also understand your point of view as well that, you know, it's possibility that sometimes with surrogacy, and this is me making um, kind of an assumption here that you probably don't really work during that time just to ensure your wellness or if you, you know, to make sure that you're okay. So it is kind of a full-time job to help grow this baby. Is that correct in my thinking or? Well, actually, since I started the process, um, when I started it, I wasn't working at the time. I was a full-time okay. student and I had a small business, but oh, then okay. I actually moved to a different state and I was already starting the surrogacy process. But since I shared my journey online, I got to meet so many different women, hearing so many different stories. And I found out a good majority of surrogates actually do work. 
and sometimes they're compensated for taking time off work and different things like that. But I learned that a lot of them are working women. Oh, wow. That that's amazing. Um, I, I would think from an anxiety standpoint for myself, I would be like, oh my gosh, I have to stay right here in my home. Like mm-hmm. I don't want to go out and do anything. I'm sure maybe if you've done it several times, you have less anxiety um, because you know what to expect. You know what you can and cannot do. Um, so I think that's an amazing, amazing experience. Um, have you had any interesting questions on your TikTok page, like about surrogacy? Like, has it opened up doors for people to ask you questions and, and kind of get a feel for what you're going through or what they may try to do to have a family? Yes. Um, I get a load of questions every single day. Um, I feel like a lot of the questions stem from people thinking that the baby is genetically mine, which is not true. I am something called a gestational surrogate. There's actually gestational surrogacy and traditional surrogacy, which is kind of like the old school method. But most surrogates that you see here today are gestational surrogates. So we are not related to the baby. And um, I feel like a lot of my questions stem around that. They assume I'm giving up my child for adoption. And that's just <laughs> not true at all. But I get right. lots of questions about, like, how can they become a surrogate? How can people become intended parents? What is the process like? Do I have to take medications? Um, there is so much that goes into it. Right. That's that's a lot. And I think it's great that TikTok it has that platform um, and other social media sites as well, because um, it opens the door for these conversations. And I think it's really important for women to hear other women talking about this process. Right. And I wanted to show my kind of naivety with this as well, because I think what I feel is what some people feel or have that you know, misconception, unfortunately, because Mm -hmm. we don't always know. Sometimes we judge or we don't understand what the process is. And we think we know, but we really don't. And so I was really happy to um, do this with you also to provide that platform to say, okay, here's what I think Syracuse is. Now you tell me if I'm wrong or not. Um, Yes, there's so many misconceptions out there. So with your loss, um, how did that bring you to surrogacy? What was the thought process with that? Well, I already knew about surrogacy from a young age. Oh, okay. But going through my loss really kind of opened my eyes to what these women feel when they struggle with infertility and loss after loss. So I feel like going through my loss, it sent me through like a depression and it was one of the hardest times of my life. And I feel like really lucky that I was able to have a child. I have two beautiful boys and I feel really lucky because I see all these people struggle. And I kind of put myself in these women's shoes that are not able to have children. And I really wanted to help them because I felt like I was capable. I had the mental capacity to do it. Um, I carry pregnancies really well, but going through my miscarriage really made me feel just a little touch of the iceberg of what these women feel. And I really wanted to do my part and try to help. No, that's beautiful. I mean, 
Um, I can just hear the emotion in your voice and it's almost making me a little emotional right now <laughs> because I, I no, I understand. Um, on my podcast, I've talked off and on about infertility. I don't have any children of my own. So this right. is the other reason that I wanted to talk about this because it's another option. And right. I think it's a beautiful option. And I think anybody who's willing to say, this is what I want to do for you to give you the family or the dream that you had is a spectacular thing. And with it being October and the awareness of it, I, I think it just fits perfectly. Right. And um, so is there anything that you feel you would like people to know more about surrogacy? You know, I know I've asked you some questions. Is there anything that you feel that you would like um, on this podcast to address or say about surrogacy? I really wish um, surrogacy was more understood. I wish it was more mainstream, so so to say. And um, I just really wish that people would think about surrogacy with a kind heart, just because there is so much negativity out there. And I really wish people would be more optimistic when they hear people's stories because people always jump to conclusions and I don't think that they should do that. I really think that when people are sharing their story about surrogacy, they need to have an open heart and an open mind and really consider the families. Consider the families and Surrogates are just trying to make the world a better place. And it really sucks that sometimes we have so much negativity with the media just because on, online and on these TV shows, they're just painting a picture that's completely wrong. Yes, I, I agree with that. Um, going through my own infertility journey, I definitely would get frustrated with the things I would see as far as online or what people were thinking or, you know, people want to tell you to like go a certain direction. Right. And I will say in my own fertility journey, surrogacy was never brought up to me by any of my providers, my physicians. Um, it was never brought up. I would hope wow. that yeah, never. Um, so that's, that's the other reason I want to highlight this as well, because it is an option. And sometimes I feel like that's not on the table, so to speak, like right. it's not within the provider's awareness or in their box of medical. Um, so they sometimes forget about this. So I think it's really important, um, what you're doing with TikTok and bringing that to light because it, it isn't something that I know about 10 years ago when I was trying that it was not even an option. It wasn't said to me, but I think it's great to, that you're bringing it to the forefront. Um, right. how have you brought surrogacy to the forefront in other ways. I mean, I know you're on TikTok. Ha has there been like articles or anything that you've done to try to highlight this even more? Yes. Yeah, so I've been on a lots of different articles. I was featured in the New York Times for an article. Oh, okay. I was featured in several articles. I was in the U.S. Sun as well. I was on Procebian in Germany which is oh, amazing wow. okay. to yeah. spread it around the world. I want <laughs> yes, everybody to yes. know. Um, but unfortunately, sometimes sharing my story in the media doesn't go the best. 
just because people paint the picture however they want to pay it. There was um, an article about me recently that says a woman sold her womb for $40,000. And I'm just like, wow, oh my goodness. You guys couldn't have picked a better <laughs> title than that. But if you actually read the article, it is actually really beautiful. And my story is told. I just wish that they wouldn't portray it a certain way. Yes, that whole sensationalism of journalism yeah. where they're trying to clickbait to get you to click on the story. So I wanted yes. to ask about the couples. Do they come to you and do an interview process or anything to try to get to know you prior? Um, how is that relationship formed? Yes, yeah, so once you're... Once you sign up with the agency and your application is approved, they review your medical records just to make sure you're like, you're telling the truth. So after they review your medical records, you are usually sent multiple profiles to look over. And um, they usually send you profiles with what you asked for. Like if you want to work with a straight family, that's what they will send you. If you want to work with LGBTQ family, that's what they'll send you. Um, they try to, the agencies really do a good job with matching you with the families they fit, they feel like would fit best. So uh, when I was doing my process, I reviewed three profiles. I said no to two profiles, but the one profile that I chose, it just fully aligned. And something that stuck out to me was they wanted to keep in touch with me in the future and that was something that was really important to me and so after we kind of like say okay to each other's profiles then we go on a zoom call for like a match meeting is what it's called and oh during okay the match meeting they discuss various topics um but all these topics are also on the profiles because these profiles are really in depth they go from oh, wow. different things from like communication, termination, how involved would everybody like to be in the process? So nobody is blind going in. So we know a okay. lot about each other even before meeting on this call. So during the call, we get to know each other and there's usually a case manager that helps facilitate the conversation. So um, we talk, we get to know each other. It's, a, it's kind of like one of my friends compared it to online dating, which I thought was so funny. Yes, no, that is, that's kind of where my head was going to, to be honest. I was like, oh, I feel like this is kind of like a, almost like a dating service, but in a different direction. Like, right. okay. No. Yes. <clears throat> I'm sorry. No, you're fine. Yes. No, it's it's totally that way. And I think that's a great process. And if you want to say more about it, go right ahead. Yeah. So um, we got to meet on the Zoom call and I was so nervous because I'm like, this is a huge commitment. So I actually took like two to three days to be like, okay, I'm moving forward. Even though I love them during, during the interview, it's just such a huge commitment. And I finally said yes to the family I carried a baby for. And it went perfectly. Um, I did say no to the other two profiles for various reasons. One profile I said no to specifically because they it didn't seem like they wanted to have a relationship because there's intended parents that would like a relationship and some are more want to keep it business, you could say. Mm -hmm. And some and then there was another family that had struggled with a lot of loss even with a surrogate. So that kind of made me apprehensive to choose them. 
but I feel like everything happens for a reason and I was meant to be with the family that I was chosen. No, that's, that's an amazing outlook. And I think it's like with anything, it's about your level of comfort with the person and to have that relationship too, to have that openness, like if they have questions or if you have questions um, and to build that rapport and that trust within each other, because this is such a beautiful gift, but it's also serious too, in a way. And Right. That having that level of comfort, it makes it easier to build on that. So I, I completely understand figuring out what works best in that situation. Um, it's just like with anything else, it's about how you feel and your, your gut feel. And that's yes. really important. Um, so when we talk about loss, um, did you need to take some time for yourself with the loss and grieving? Um, I will say I just recently had a sister-in-law of mine who, who miscarried and I didn't know what to say to her. I felt so lost. I ended up sending her flowers and telling her I'm here for you if you want to talk. Um, but that is a whole different level of grief that, um, I think sometimes we don't know what to say. So I kind of wanted to see what you would give advice for somebody who was going through that and what you would like somebody to say to you or wish you would have said to you during that time. Yes, I had a lot of friends during that time and they really didn't tell me anything that I wanted to hear, <laughs> to be <laughs> honest. They would mm -hmm. say things like, don't worry, you're going to have another baby. And like, oh, well, I was super young at the time as well. I'm only 26 now, but when I had my miscarriage, I was around 21 years old. Oh, and, okay. And when I had the miscarriage, they were just kind of like, oh, like, you're fine. Like, you already have a baby. Like, you can come out with us. And I'm just like, no, I don't want that. All I want is somebody to like hug me and support me and tell me that they want to, would like to talk and hear from me because I felt like during that time, I felt really alone. It was one of the most isolating times in my life because nobody truly understands. And, but I think that's the best thing you can say is like, if you want to be, if you want me to be with you, like I'm here to talk for you, to you anytime you need, I'm here for you. Do you want to talk? Um, what would you name your baby and talk like grief that loss together and just like have somebody to hug, man, because it's, it's so isolating. It's hard to explain. Yeah. I mean, I, I got that sense from her, like she didn't know how to explain it to any of us. And it, it was hard too, because there was only, there were only a few of us that knew in the family at the time. Mm -hmm. And I think it was just extremely difficult. Um, because like you said, if you have an experience, sometimes it's, hard to know what to say or understand what needs to be said. And I think sometimes, like you said, there is this misconception, you know, when you're young, oh, you'll have another baby or, you know, when you're trying to get pregnant and it, you're not successful, it's like, oh, we'll just keep trying. You'll be fine. And I think mm -hmm. sometimes we need somebody to say, all right, 
I can tell that you are maybe hitting rock bottom here or you're really sad or feeling all these different emotions, but I'm here for you. I will sit at rock bottom with you and yeah. tell you that we will get through this together. And I, I think that's so important. And I like that, that message that <laughs> come be with me at my lowest point. Yes. Yes. Cause I felt so alone and like, I feel like in the moment, it would have been helpful if I would get out the house. Like, just let's go sit on the beach and, or go sit at the park and keep busy. I think that would have definitely helped me during that time. Just because, of course, I could sit in the room and be sad all day. But being, like, having your mind busy and going to, go, getting out the house, I think could be really helpful for women experiencing loss. No, that, that makes a lot of sense to go out and, and experience some everyday things that take away from that, I guess, that non-normal time where it's just really difficult. I, I think we forget that sometimes. It's just going out and doing something normal like going to walk in a park or going to the grocery store is helpful because it makes us feel normal again. Like we are actually here doing life like we should be, even though we're grieving. Right. Is there anything else you would like to tell the listeners about surrogacy or loss? Anything that we haven't covered that you would like to talk about? I would like to say that loss is a lot more common than people might think. I believe it is one in four women experience a miscarriage. And I think it's one in seven or one in eight women experience infertility. And I would like for all of them to know that if it happens, like there's a community of women there to support you. Even if you don't have the support in person, there are so many beautiful online communities where you can talk to people that experience the same thing as you. And I really wish I knew that back when I experienced my loss. And another message I would like to say is we all go through hard things in our life. But if there's a way that you could turn your pain into something beautiful, try to do that. Because I truly feel that I took the hardest time in my life and I was able to change so many lives by sharing my story. I know I was only able to carry one baby at a time, but I feel like sharing my story is changing many people's lives and I'm really proud about that. So if you can take your pain and turn it into something beautiful, I would definitely do that. Yes. I I love that message. It's positive, but it's also very real and very heartfelt. And I think um, that's what I've taken from listening to you, but also what surrogacy means. And it's not just having a baby and handing it over to somebody, there is a process that leads women to this to help others. And I think there's something so honest and pure about this. And it's not It's cutting off right now for me. 
I cannot hear. Hi. Sorry about that. We got interrupted there. I'm I'm not sure. Um, but as I was saying, this is um what you're doing is a very great thing and sharing this with the world and sharing your experience and highlighting this for um, the month of October, like I said, is a really great, great thing. And this experience with talking with you has really helped me have a better understanding of surrogacy. But I also think um, your story is very moving and it's told in such a very raw and genuine way um, that I hope that whoever listens to this has a better understanding and feels better overall um, maybe about their situation with loss or potentially becoming a surrogate or doing surrogacy. So typically what I like to do is if you want to highlight any of your social media, like where they can find you, um, what your you know handle is on like Instagram or TikTok or where yeah. they can find you. Yes, yeah, so you guys can find me at Mama Jasenia on TikTok or Instagram, and it's spelled M-A-M-A-Y-E-S-S-E-N-I-A. Awesome. So I appreciate you taking the time to talk to me today. And do you have any final words or anything that you would like to say? I just really want to say, just be kind to others. You never know what's going on in other people's lives you never know what's going on. So just continue to be kind, remain optimistic, and there are better days out there. So true. I think we could all do with a little bit more kindness towards each other and, and towards ourselves too. Sometimes when we feel like we're failing or we're grieving that loss. Um, I think that's something else I wanted to touch on before we end is, um, sometimes that self blame, um, where women who experience loss feel like they contributed somehow, or they try to go back in their head and say, did this cause it, or did I do that wrong? Um, did you experience any of that? Yes, I a hundred percent did. I always felt like it was my fault, even though it was a hundred percent, not my fault. I blamed myself and there's nothing that we can do really. It's like inevitable. Um, of course, when we suffer suffer with loss, we, will, we want those babies. They're always wanted mm-hmm. and you can't blame yourself. You really can't. You definitely have to remain kind to yourself. For sure. You definitely do. Um, I appreciate you taking the time out today to have this discussion and answer the questions and be so forthcoming and authentic. So I appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to have been on your podcast today. Thank you guys. You're welcome. Thanks. I'll talk to you later. Bye. Right. Bye.